Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Running Effect with Dominic Schleter. I'm your host, Dominic, and I can confidently say that today's episode is one of, if not my favorite ever episode that I've recorded. I talk with the one and only Matt Choi, and Matt and I really just dive into the science of excellence and talk about all sorts of different subjects from comparison to financial literacy to so many different things that I'm so confident that if you listen to this episode in full, you will walk away a much brighter and better individual. And if you can use the things that we discussed in today's episode and apply them to your life, man, you guys are going to set yourself up for success and set yourself apart from your current demographic. So I really hope you guys enjoy today's episode and really implore you to listen to it all the way through because literally the whole episode is just one big highlight reel. It is truly incredible. If you do enjoy this episode or have enjoyed any of our episodes in the past, I would greatly appreciate it appreciate it if you hit the follow button on spotify apple Podcasts, or wherever you hear our podcasts and also share with a friend or share on social media to your story that way we can hopefully reach as many people as possible and inspire them in the process one quick note before we hop into this incredible episode today's podcast is brought to you by gooder Gooder makes $25 active sunglasses that don't slip, don't bounce, and are 100% polarized. I've been wearing Gooder since last summer, far before I partnered with them. It is by far not only my favorite sunglass for you know running, uh, they don't bounce, they're polarized, they're incredible for running, but also just for hanging around in casual scenarios. I've even worn them uh, to weddings in full on suits. Like these sunglasses are check the box in every single scenario. And the greatest part is that they're only $25. They're so lightweight and comfortable, 100% polarized, stylish. There's so many incredible colors. If you're active or running, they don't slip or bounce. And they're incredibly easy to clean, which is hard with some glasses. You you guys can get a one-year warranty, 30-day free returns, and 100% satisfaction guaranteed. So you're not you're not uh, risking anything if you buy a pair. If you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving the Running Effect podcast listeners free shipping on your first order. All you need to do is scroll down in the show notes to find the link. You can find your pair today at gooder.com/runningeffect and get free shipping today. Okay, guys, I really hope you enjoy today's episode, and I know you will be impacted by it if you listen all the way through. I just can't wait to hear your thoughts. So without further ado, here's my incredible episode with the man, the myth, the legend, Matt Choi. Matt, good morning. Welcome to the Running Effect podcast. How are you doing this day? Dude, excellent, man. Super excited to be here. Um, one, I love being a uh, guest on pod, so I'm excited to chat with you, Dom, and uh, get to kind of uh, unravel uh, a little topics here. Awesome. So take us through what a normal day in your life looks like. I know you're constantly traveling and doing different stuff and exploring new passions, but generally, what does a general day in your life look like? Yeah, I love that. General day in the life um, starts in the morning. I do a lot of like morning meditations, um, the Wim Hof method. I read the Daily Stoic. I kind of go through my morning routine before I kind of step into the, the actual world. Um, and then I'll do some physical activity, typically a run in the morning. Um, I like doing it fasted where I'm not really consuming anything before it. And I get back home and I shower, make some coffee, just get some work in. And then I'll end up eating a meal around 11-ish. And then I just have work throughout the day, whether it's doing content, brand deals, working through my agency, um, and networking with people like this, doing podcasts. Like you just, I, I, some, honestly, the best thing about entrepreneurship is that every day is a little bit different. And sometimes it's like, you know, everything is booked up 
you know, your whole calendar's booked. And other days, you have the flexibility and freedom to do what you want. And I think towards the evenings, I'll do a lot of like, you know, I'll listen to podcasts or I'll go to the gym and get a workout in and um, kind of just like doing different things to work on myself. But that's like typically a day in the life. I know it's like a well-rounded answer, but yeah, that's what it looks like. Man, there's so many things you talked about there that I would love to deconstruct. But for me, I'm a senior in high school and I'm exploring options next year. And I definitely want to study entrepreneurship and I've definitely gotten a taste of it through this podcast and, and through this business that I have. So I'm curious from your perspective, someone who's successful in this arena, what are your biggest like principles of entrepreneurship and what are the biggest lessons you would teach someone like myself who's looking to explore that avenue? Yeah, I mean, I think there's um, there's a lot of principles, right? When they, like, I mean, I can list off a few. I think some that really stand out to me um, are patience, are discipline, accountability, consistency, and work ethic, right? I think if, even if I just, and I, there's probably so many more I can list off, but if I just think about those ones, you know, entrepreneurship is a lonely journey, right? And it's one of those things where a lot of people want to get into this space now because it's cool. And it's like, who doesn't want to work for themselves and be their own <laughs> boss? Like, dude, that's the dream, Dom. Like, who doesn't want that, right? But just like anything in life, anything that's worth building, anything that's worth getting, it takes a lot of time and effort. And a lot of times what I see now is that there's so many people that want to be entrepreneurs, but they don't really want to put the work in. They don't really want to put the sacrifice and, and dedicate the time. And a lot of those things like, dude, there's nothing sexy about being patient. Right. Right. If I could really instill patience into somebody and make them understand that, dude, if you really do enjoy this, if you enjoy what you're doing, if you enjoy what you're talking about, whether it's a sport, a hobby, building a business, whatever it is, you know, staying patient along that journey and understanding that it's not going to happen overnight is something that I wish I can instill into every human on earth because so many people want everything to happen in 30 days, in 60 days, in one year, but very few people are willing to do the dirt and do the sacrifice and do the things that no one wants to really do to really build something meaningful. So I would say patience is something that everyone should try to instill. Um, in addition to, I mean, some of the other things I said, I mean, I want to talk about discipline a little bit. And, you know, discipline is something that I've been able to really cultivate through my running experience in addition to my former um, experience being a student athlete. And discipline is something that everyone wants to create. Everyone wants to have a nice morning routine or work out or eat pretty healthy, but not many people actually follow up with doing it. And I love when Mike Tyson said this, he said, discipline is doing the things you hate, but doing it like you love it, you know? And like, that's hard for people. It's hard to take a cold shower. It's hard to do a cold plunge, but doing that as if you do love it, is actually the game of life. It's a secret of life. And if you're able, if you're listening to this right now and you feel like you're in a rut and that you lack discipline and you lack doing these things, you know, I would say start really small. Start with a 10 second cold shower and do that. Try to do that for one week straight and see if you can do the next week for 15 seconds or 20 seconds. So many people want the answers and a lot of the answers come in the work. And sometimes doing the smallest thing over time it actually creates the result that you're looking for. Wow, I mean, a lot of my podcasts, after I'm done recording, I'm like, yeah, there may be like one or two clips that I could put out to social media. I've got the feeling that this whole thing is gonna be one big clip, so I'm really excited to dive into the weeds of some of the stuff with you. As you were talking, I was reminded by a quote uh, from one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite books, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And one of my favorite quotes by him, he says, life is a series of trade-offs and greater results usually require greater trade-offs. The question is not, do you want to be great at this? The question is, what are you willing to give 
up in order to be great at this. So I'm curious from your perspective, from your successful life, you had to go out and make the life you wanted for yourself. People who follow you see that you're an entrepreneur, you do so many amazing things, but as you said, it's a lonely journey. So can you talk about how much you had to give up and trade off in order to have this successful life that you have now? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to look in the future so far ahead, right? It's because in the in the current day, most people can barely live where their feet are at, right? So I think in times it's like, it's giving up the things that are like the FOMO, the things that people say that they really want to do, right? Like going out on the weekends and, you know, missing out on some dates or the, the boys trip or whatever it might be like, like life comes with sacrifice and we all have to make a decision on like what we want, what we value, right? And I love when you text me, you're like, yo, let's talk about stoicism, right? And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, understanding who you are as a human, what are your virtues, what are your morals, and what are you about, right? And once you understand who you are, it's so much easier to then make the sacrifice because you're not trying to live this world for anyone else. And I think that when I started, I started seeing that when I first got into entrepreneurship at 25, and even before that, like when I was working my corporate job, I realized like, I'm like, damn, a lot of these middle managers didn't like what they were doing. You know, they, they, their sacrifice was just coming to work and they hated that because they really didn't want to be there. So I started to look at it. I'm like, damn, if we spend 40 hours a week working and we do this for 40 years, that's a lot, a, a big part of our lives. Yes, sir. And if you don't enjoy what you're doing during that time, it's so, I understand why people don't have good energy or they're, they're very negative or they're very cynical because it makes total sense. They don't like what they're doing for majority of their lives. So then it becomes this manifestation in their own mind. So for me, you know, the things I sacrificed were like moving back home, not quote unquote being a success early on. When you move back home after you graduate college and get your full-time job, that's not the, it's not typically what deems is success for most people, right? So that was like a big humble piece of pie. And I think even from a point of like restarting from scratch, when I moved back home, I got into personal training first. So I sacrificed a lot of what I've learned throughout college and all those things to then rebuild something from ground zero to then rebuild a foundation almost. And a lot of those things, man, you sacrifice friends, you sacrifice relationships, you sacrifice a lot of things along that journey. But there's nothing more rewarding than on the back end of all that sacrifice, all the work, all the patience and the humility and all those things to now sit where I sit now. And like, I feel like every single day I'm winning, dude. And I'm not winning in a monetary way. I'm just winning in the sense of I'm getting to do what I want to do. If money meant nothing, I would do exactly what I told you in, the, in my day. That's how I would create my day because it's how I want to live my life. I want to impact people and I want to impact myself in a positive way. And all this stuff, like the sacrifice I took those couple years living at home and like reshaping my mindset, reshaping my foundation has now manifested into what it is today. And dude, I still feel at 27 years old, bro, I got a couple years on you. I still feel young. I still feel young as hell. I still feel like I'm sharp. I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. And for anyone listening to this, like if you feel lost at 18, that's actually a, not a bad thing. Like you shouldn't have all the answers figured out. I promise you this, that any entrepreneur that you look up to, any business person that you look up to, your parents, whoever it is, no one has everything planned out. No one has everything from A to Z planned out. It's all about how adaptable you are and how curious you are to change. And so many times I've seen the most successful entrepreneurs are really, really good at that. And the ones that start to fade off is because 
they get too attached to what they're good at versus adapting to the change that's happening in the world. And I think for anyone listening to this, like that would be a really big piece of advice that I would tell you, like find a way to continue to adapt. And if you can build that muscle over time, you will start to see success in your life. So as I mentioned previously, the the vast majority of the demographic of this podcast is under the age of 22. And I, I was fascinating hearing you talk about being in corporate life and, and seeing people miserable in that job and wasting time. And I talk about this all the time with my oldest brother, Joseph. I'm like, man, people, I see people all the time, whether it's my parents, friends or adults I know, they get stuck in these eight to five, nine to five jobs. Let's just take nine to five, for example, that's eight hours a day eight times five, 40 hours a week, 52 weeks, of course, you get some off time. But the point is, when you look back on your deathbed one day, you're going to say, wow, all that time was spent doing something that I wasn't passionate about, something that I didn't feel like I brought value to. And I think, uh, you know, society, once you get on a path, you stay on that path. Like once you go to college, you get a job, you just stay on that path, nine to five path. And and that might be uh, fine for some people. But I'm curious from from your perspective, I think a lot of younger people, they're chasing money because they haven't experienced it, or these, they're chasing these things that don't necessarily bring fulfillment, and then they just stay on that path. So can you talk about you personally seeking something more than just money or stuff like that? Because I think it's a, a valuable tool for my younger audience who maybe definitely isn't as knowledgeable ab- about these stuff as you are, and they're trying to shape their life currently. Not sure if that question made sense, but... No, I mean, uh, totally. I think... It's funny because until you start to get money, you don't actually understand that it doesn't create happiness, right? All money does is it creates freedom. And for a lot of people listening to this, money doesn't change you. It just exposes who you are. And if you're a good human, when you start to get more money, you're going to want to make more impact. You're going to want to give back more. You're going to want to do good things, right? But if you come from a place of scarcity, if you come from a place of you just want to have money for greed, to show off what you got, to, to buy the fancy car, to wear the nicest clothes, to have the fattest house, then it's just a losing strategy because once you get all of that stuff, at some point, because if someone really is addicted to money and they want that so bad, they'll probably create, they'll probably create it for themselves. But at some point, once you have all of that, you're going to realize that if you're empty inside, it means nothing to have all the flashy stuff. So I think for me, that started to trigger, bro, early on, because when I was a young kid, my parents got divorced and I got into this mindset of being a really good saver. Anytime my aunts and uncles, my dad, my mom would give me money, I would just put it away and I would just kind of continue to save. And I liked the idea of having money accumulated because it's not like I wanted to purchase anything. I just wanted to save money because I didn't really feel the need to buy all the fancy like Xboxes and PS3s and all this stuff at that time. But I realized also, and this is kind of where financial literacy became a big part of my life. And I think for someone that's 22 and under, financial literacy, if you can figure this out at a very young age, it, life becomes so much easier because you don't, you're not on this rat race of chasing the next thing. And in this world where we have so much abundance, you have everything in the palm of your hands. You have information, you have technology, you have all the things that you want right in front of you. It gets super easy to get distracted by, you know, Jordans and LeBrons and shoes and all the things that people want to show off what they have versus having the actual morals and virtues inside. And I think when I read the book called The Millionaire Next Door, and it's about this story about how most of the richest people in the world, you don't even know right? Because they don't drive Bugattis and Ferraris and all those things. Like those aren't really the richest people in the world. 
a lot of the richest people still drive very they live you know under their means they drive a toyota camry they have a house that's you know a good size but it's not overexpending themselves because a lot of people they live in the red line where they make let's just say someone makes four hundred thousand dollars but they their lifestyle is a five hundred thousand dollar lifestyle versus even someone that makes fifty thousand dollars if their lifestyle is thirty thousand dollars over time they that person that makes that makes less money will start to accumulate more wealth based on how they live and it taught me that you know having the flashiest stuff and materialistic items it doesn't necessarily define how much wealth you have there's a difference between being wealthy and, and being rich and it's like a totally different mindset game as well but to answer your question i think it starts with a form of curiosity you need to be curious about money money is very taboo very little times are your parents talking to you about how much they earn how much they make a week or how much they make a month because it's not a topic that it's very comfortable for people to talk about and once you start to spread your mind and your network into other people that have start to earn more money you realize that it, it really is just a vehicle and the people that are good humans inside they want to make more money to impact in a positive way. People that are greedy and selfish and they want to just make money to show off, at some point they're going to do that and, and they're not going to be fulfilled. And until you start to get into those networks and circles of people that have money that are depressed, you won't really realize that money does not fix everything. And I know it's a long-winded answer, but that's kind of my take on money itself. I think for every human listening to this podcast right now, stop listening to this and start to educate yourself on financial literacy. If you can figure out financial literacy and how to live under your means and what your own P&L profit and loss statement looks like, even with your own money, understand that first before you even build a business. Because if you don't have financial literacy on personal finance, it gets so much harder when you're building a business because you're not able to track your P&L. And that simple task is something that most humans in America do not understand. Right. And if you can learn that in high school, like a lot of my listeners are in high school, man, you're setting oh, yourself up for success. Secret sauce. Right now, guys, look up this book. I will teach you to be rich by Ramit Sethi. And it's by far a book that kind of opened up my mind, but it's a very simple read that he breaks down in very layman's terms of like how to invest money, where you should allocate certain things. And if you can get that early on, guys, compound interest is real. Start investing earlier is the only way to create more wealth down the line. Speaking of uh, compounding interest, but in a different sense, whether it's running or personal development, I'm reminded uh, one of your first answers you were talking about, you wish you could instill patience in every single person. In one of my first newsletters, I wrote on the importance of delayed gratification. And in doing research for writing on that, I found out that humans on average have an attention span of nine seconds. So right there, it's like, Oh, wow, that's scary. But goldfish are found to have, or I think humans are eight seconds. Goldfish are found to have an, an attention span of nine seconds. So the fact that our attention span is lower than goldfish should be very scary. And then in relation to this, I found a, uh, a quote from Emmanuel Acho, who I love. He said, mm -hmm. the reason most people fail is because they're willing to give up what they want most for what they want now. So can you speak about living a life of delayed gratification in a world of instant gratification? It's been my whole journey. Ever since a young kid, when I first started playing football, my aspiration was to go to the NFL. That was the dream. That was at 10 years old, I knew I wanted to go play in the NFL. And even when you have that dream or passion in the current state, a lot of times you're not ready for the dream or passion yet. 
you need to put in work. You need to go through the process, right? I, at 10 years old, I can't just go to the NFL. You have to go through middle school. You have to go through high school. You have to earn a college scholarship. And then at, even at that point, there's no guarantee when you're in college that you have a shot at the NFL. And I never got the shot. So delayed gratification is this ability to one, be patient and understanding that this is gonna be a long ride, right? To your point, man, and I'm a big fan of Manuel Acho. So many people want the 60-day program. They want the 90-day fix. They want the, the, the one-year transformation, right? And in that process, yes, there's small wins that happen, but if you get your head too big that, oh my God, in 60 days, I was able to do this or I was able to do that, at some point, you're always gonna be wanting the quick fix. And so many people I see nowadays, especially because of social, it's so easy. Everything's right in front of us. You go through Instagram, you're getting a dopamine hit every single time you go on there. And even for me, as someone that's on socials all the time, posting and, and producing and, and consuming for, for, for knowledge as well, it's one of those things where it can become very, very addictive. And it's not until you start to be a little bit more patient with understanding like, damn, I need to actually take the proper steps and not take some some cheat steps or kind of take a take a leap of faith in that sense. Um, I think being delayed in, in anything that you're trying to do, right? Understand that it is gonna be a process, that that is always a winning formula. Anytime that you're, look, when you post a video and it goes viral, that instant gratification, it feels good, but in the long run, it, it, you have to ask yourself, is it sustainable? And for me, it's always about that, Dom. Like, how can I make my habits and routines in my life a sustainable practice that people can replicate, right? Because it's super easy to get to win money from a lottery, but it's hard to actually build a business that's meaningful. And I think that's what I feel about delayed gratification. It's just, it's putting the work in, even through running, even through content creating. If I stopped after my first 30 days, I would not be sitting in front of you because you never would have seen my content, right? And it's the ability to see past the current state that you're in, right? And that's why I love Gary Vee about this clouds and dirt mentality. The clouds is that delayed gratification. It's the actual vision of what you have. And then the dirt, is the work. It's the day-to-day -day process that gets you to, to the clouds, but it's the shit that no one wants to do. And in that is really where the joy is, dude. You talk to any entrepreneur that's successful or any business person that's successful, and they'll tell you that once they got to that point of success, it's, it doesn't feel that much different. They probably enjoyed the journey of getting there. It's the chase of getting there that actually is the work, and that's what fulfills people. So I think I heard this in a podcast yesterday or the day before. I'm forgetting the podcast I heard it on, but I've heard the statistic before that uh, like I think it's like 90% of podcasts stop after the seventh episode. Um, yeah. And you see that in your in your scenario too. You're saying I would have never discovered you if you gave up after the first 30 days. I'm reminded of a quote from Dale Carnegie, awesome author. He said, most of the important things in the world have been accomplished by people who have kept on trying when there seemed to be no hope at all. So can you talk about, I know you just talked about this a little bit, but persistence, the, the value of being persistent, even when you don't see results, which I know is kind of like delayed gratification, but maybe going even a little deeper into uh, being persistent and really setting goals uh, and chasing after them, even when there seems to be no hope at all. I, I think it's a, it's a great way to stretch yourself and Goals are always good to have, right? But it's not the only thing, right? Obviously, when you reach a goal, sub three hour marathon, right? What happens after that then, 
right? So I feel like goals are interesting because they're good to have, but so many people, once they hit them, it's done. That's their Super Bowl. That's it. So I think there's something about being persistent, man. I think there's, it's, it's to me, it means just showing up, you know, even when you don't feel good, even when you don't feel great, even when your body's sore, even when you're not feeling at your 100%, you're not going to always feel that way. And there's something most people struggle with just that. They can't even just show up for themselves. And I think for, mo for, for me and my journey, man, that's what it's all it's been about. And it's doing the littlest things, but doing it like it's my Super Bowl every day, right? Like when I wake up in the morning and I do my Wim Hof, like I don't skip out on that routine even when I'm traveling, even when I'm on the road. It might get condensed, it might get shortened, but when you're persistent with anything in life, at some point you're gonna start to see some results or success. And that is gonna look differently in anything that you might do. Doing the Wim Hof, doing the meditation, you don't get the immediate result in in, tense, in in the day or even in 10 days, right? But your body starts to adapt over time. And if you're persistent with anything that is beneficial to you, it's only gonna help you in the long run. And I think it's something that, it's one of those virtues once again, right? If you're able to actually implement these things, whether it's consistency or persistence or discipline, and these are words that are very talked about nowadays, but it's actually one of those things that is the difference maker. There's so many successful people in the world, but if you start to look at the qualities and the traits that, that make them successful, there's a reason. And that's been like, I, I love talking about it because it's no different than if you hear Mark Cuban or Gary Vaynerchuk or Jesse Itzler or anyone else that you guys might look up to, you go talk and, and see them go talk about their success and their journey. And a lot of the qualities are very similar. And persistence is one of those things where if you're able to keep that, at some point, I promise you guys, you guys are so young listening to this pod right now anyways, you will start to catch a break and you'll see the result. And even if someone right now is a budding content creator, a budding entrepreneur, like actually stay persistent with creating content. Post every post a video every day for 30 days. If that gets easy, post a video every day for 60 days and continue to challenge yourself on what, what is doable. And I think that is something where nowadays, dude, dumb, everyone wants to be a creator. Everyone wants to be a content creator. That is the most, um, for young people, that is the highest, uh, there's like the highest, uh, what's it called? Um, most people are not trying to be engineers anymore. Right. You know, like it's just like, it, it's the profession that everyone wants to do because it's fun. You get to be creative and you get to work for yourself. But with that comes a lot of competition because now it's super saturated. Right. So you have to be a different than other people that are in your space. You were talking about 1% uh, of things in, in the Wim Hof method and those 1% habits that might not look like they're doing anything in the moment, but when compounded over time, they make a difference. And Matt, you probably get this by this point in the interview. I love bringing quotes into things and bringing some of my favorite quotes into things. My favorite example uh, using how small habits can affect you positively or negatively it's an analogy from James Clear from his book. He said, imagine you are flying from Los Angeles to New York City. If a pilot leaving from LAX adjusts the heading just 3.5 degrees south, you'll land in Washington, D.C. instead of New York. Such a small change is barely noticeable at takeoff. The nose of the airplane mo moves just a few feet, but one managed to cross the entire United States 
you end up hundreds of miles apart. Similarly, a slight change in your daily habits can guide your life to a very different destination. Making a choice that is 1% better or 1% worse seems insignificant at the moment, but over the span of moments that make up a lifetime, these choices determine the difference between who you are and who you could be. Success is not the product of daily or success is the product of daily habits, not once in a lifetime transformations. So what are your thoughts on that quote and just the 1% of things and people choosing to do positive habits or negative habits and how they affect their life? Dude, I love it. I, I freaking I'm a big James Clare fan. So um, and I love how you have quotes just on deck. dude. That's freaking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, it's you know why I love it, though, Dom, is because it's very easy to say hard to do right you know simple and, it's, and it, easy it is, it's super right it's it's one of those things where it's like dude it's super easy to talk about yeah get up five minutes earlier and you know work on breath work and make your bed in the morning it's super easy to say it it's hard to actually implement it and i think for most people it's why i love comparing fitness to content creating and business and marketing because fitness is so tried and true Right. Most people understand if you don't have pre-existing health issues for most humans, if you're generally just healthy, if you eat better and move your body a little bit more over a long period of time, you will see results. It's not and I'm not selling someone on a 60 day program, right? A 30 day ab program to get you a six pack. No, it's implementing daily practices in your lifestyle that are very sustainable over time. And that's actually the game. So many people want it right now where it's December 8th. We're getting into the new year. So many people are gonna go sign up for a gym and they're gonna they're gonna be super excited the first couple months, maybe until February, and then something happens in their life and then they get out of their routine. And instead of them showing up to the gym, if they actually just said, you know what, hold on, let me just go on walks. Let me just figure out what I'm eating and see if I can cut out some extra sugars and extra junk food and processed stuff, right? That would actually be the starting point to get them to live a healthier lifestyle. But everyone, because of social media and because instant gratification, like what we talked about, everyone wants to, to, to get ready for the wedding, right? They want to lose 10 pounds before they have to go to a wedding and fit into a dress. And it's in that short-term thinking, it's in that, in that instant gratification that so many people lose the sustainability of practicing a healthy habits and healthy lifestyles. And in that, I think for me, I'm all about sustainability and consistency and persistence because for me, I want to live to 100 at the minimum, right? And for me, it's like, how can I build a lifestyle? How can I build habits and routines? Just like when you're building out a house, it's about laying down a good foundation. So many people are trying to build their fitness or build habits on a poor foundation. And then they wonder why they can't keep it up. And that's how I think of it. It's instead of trying to be like, oh, I need to go get into a gym and hire a trainer and hire a nutritionist and all these things that people have to do to build a lifestyle or build good habits. If they actually just looked at what they do day to day and start to look at the 1% like you're talking about, focus on the first 10 minutes of your morning. So many people, the first thing they do is grab their phone. That's the first thing most humans do in the morning. Even if you started at that moment, instead of grabbing your phone, if you just worried and focus on yourself first, figuring out, oh my God, like I'm tight here, or let me just spend five minutes to do some breath work or just to sit in my thoughts, right? Sometimes just having time for yourself is the biggest form of self-love. And self-love comes in so many different fashions. People are gonna be like, oh, it's like, it's not just working out. Working out is one form of that, right? And I think for people, it's like finding how you can show up for yourself and spend time for yourself. 
And I think if you start there, so many of these habits and routines will just naturally become who you are. And then it's so much easier, Dom, to then add in harder challenges, right? It's hard to do a marathon if you've never even spent a couple of days running, right? But so many people have the aspiration. Very few people want to do the work it requires to hit that aspiration or goal. So you talked about uh, one of my biggest pet peeves, which is people waking up and, you know, picking up their phone, scrolling through their phone. And that's just the vast majority of America, unfortunately. I love the idea, you know, if you win the morning, you win the day with the idea of, you know, how you how you start your morning. Uh, the, I love the quote, the end depends on the beginning. And if you put that in relation to your day, if you start off your day on a high note, it's most likely going to continue on that trajectory and vice versa. So we heard about your daily routine. We, we heard about you winning the morning and setting yourself up for success. Can you now talk about why it's so crucial to, to win that first hour or two within your day to set up your whole day for success? Uh, this is, uh, I love that. Um, and I think what I'll say is, it's not that just because you show up yourself in the morning, that you're not gonna have some bad days, right? Because that happens, it's life. You, you never, it's out of your control sometimes. But the point of it is, is that you're able to handle stressors and, and things that happen in your life, adversity, whatever it is, in a better fashion, right? And that's kind of what the game is for me. It's just because you do meditation in the morning and you read a little bit and you do, you drink water and you do the right things, like that doesn't armor yourself from not having good days right? It's all, dude, we're humans, right? We're not robots. We all have emotions and we all have things that happen to us that are unplanned. But how we react to these things does change in every human, right? Some people handle stress and adversity differently and they handle it better than others. Some are able to get super emotional and then they get really, really um, bent out of shape if someone cuts them off in traffic or if their coffee's not hot enough or whatever it might be in life. So I don't think that just by showing up for yourself in the morning that it alleviates you from having poor days but i think what it does is it helps armor your your body it helps armor your mind right and i think for everyone that is the biggest thing it's hard to fight against the world when you're can't even win the battle against yourself right and i think that metaphor of like everyone's trying to win against the world but they can't win the battle against their own mind and themselves and i think if you focus on that focus on winning against your own mind and and what does that mean if you don't want to do a morning meditation that's fine but winning against your own mind is fighting the self-doubt fighting the insecurities showing up in different forms or fashion that help you as a human it could be running in the morning it could be working out it could be taking a cold shower it could be reading in the morning to kind of educate your brain whatever it is but do the things that are gonna one make you make you happy right not everyone's gonna meditate in the morning i get that and even for me, something like journaling has been a challenge for me. I'm not the best writer. I'm not the best. I don't like writing all the time. But that is something that it forces me to get a little uncomfortable. But it helps me practice that early so that when I when when something else happens, it's like, uh, it's just like it's another thing. So I, I would say for most humans, find small things that you can implement and watch what kind of big change that makes. 
So earlier you were talking about getting into fitness, and I think, uh, you know, my audience, I'm sure we have some incredibly accomplished runners listening, and we have others who are just starting to run or people who are 60 and probably don't run at all. I don't know who's going to listen to this, but I think one of the biggest roadblocks for people chasing success, whether that's success in running, success in business, success even on an upcoming test next week, is the idea of comparison. Um, And I love the thought, I bring it up all the time, comparison is the thief of joy. And I think a lot of times what what stops progress, completely holds it all together, is people look at, you know, maybe even you, using you as an example, they're like, oh, Matt's run a 100-mile race, like, I I don't even want to try running 5K because I'm so far from who he is. But the problem is you need to focus on your or the, the what you should be doing is focusing on yourself and focusing on your own journey. Right. Because what people don't see is that you personally had those thoughts and you personally had to deal with them and focus on your own journey to build up to that point. So can you speak of the uh, the importance of focusing on yourself and, and staying individual and not getting too caught up in what others are doing negatively? Yeah, I love this, dude. Um it's, this is like, I think for a lot of humans, dude, the biggest struggle because social media has it right in front of our face. It's so easy to look at what another athlete or runner or celebrity or whoever that you look up to has or is doing without understanding really what it took to get them there, right? And I think, dude, to your point, like so many people get intimidated to run with me because they're like, man, I'm not as fast as you. I'm not as good as I haven't had as many miles as you and all those things. And it's less about that. It's just showing up and just saying like, hey, no matter where I'm at, I'm gonna get better today, right? And dude, even for me, it's been so much of that. It's so easy to compare yourself to other runners or other athletes, right? Like when I was looking at, I, I, look, Elliot Kipchoge is the best runner in the world. Very few people can run with him though, right? And it's if you go into a racing like oh, oh my god I want to I want to try to run with Elliot Kipchoge it's just not a it's not a winning formula and you shouldn't try to compare your effort with anyone else so much of what we are as humans is to maximize ourselves as humans that's the only thing that you should focus on and I think for me as I got into running dude it started to really showcase more and more because running is such a mental battle against yourself there's no one else out there right even when you go to a race like if you don't understand how someone else is training or how they train or what they're preparing or how they even want the race to finish but if you try to compete with every runner at a race dude watch what happens if you get out of your game plan if you get out of you get get out of your strategy it's a very quick formula to bonking out to getting a cramp to to overexpending yourself right every human is on their journey of life it's so easy to compare and contrast, but if you actually just focus on internally what you're doing, what you're about, who you are, what your virtues and your values are, that is the only thing you should focus on. So many people are so focused on everything else, all the external factors of the world, when in reality, they can't even manage their own thoughts, their own doubt, their own insecurities. And once you understand that, once you win the game in between your own ears, it gets so much easier to win the game against the world, right? And I think that is kind of similar to what we talked about earlier of like, you know, the, the fight against your own mind, win that battle first and just watch what happens from everything else. I, let me give you this example of being a former football player. When you're on a team sport, it's harder to do this because when there's someone that's a starter in front of you, that is a little bit better than you, that's, that is maybe performing better than you. It's very difficult to be like, damn, I'm not like him or I'm not as good as him or as talented as him. Right. But if you actually shift that mindset into just thinking, 
you know what, maybe in the current state, I'm not as efficient or I'm not as, you know, I'm not as good as him. But if you just focus on what you need to work on for yourself, right? If you're a receiver and you struggle catching, then maybe focusing on how to catch better, doing drills, doing footwork stuff, whatever it is, focus on what you need to improve and less about what someone else is doing. And I think if you just take that mindset approach, it's a shift. If you shift that mindset, you'll start to see how much more improvement you see in your life. How important do you think it is to do something like write down or even understand your values and who you want to become as a person? There's this there's this thought and idea I love and I try to live by it. It's uh, every action you take is a vote for the person you wish to become. That idea that every single thing you do, you're either getting closer to the person you want to be or farther away from the person you want to be. So can you talk about maybe the importance of thinking, who do I want to be five years down the road? Who do I want to be 10 years down the road? What makes me Matt? What makes me Dominic? Can you talk about that? Yeah, I think it starts with one, having a a level of self-awareness about who you are now, right? And I think so many people do, they don't actually know who they are and like what they want or what their values are. Like you ask most people on the streets, like I don't think they'll be able to actually give you that answer because I don't think many people have thought about it. So I think it first starts with right now, if you're listening to this, stop, put it on pause and actually write down like what are powerful traits about yourself that make you different, right? Like what's something about you that no one else could take away from? And what's something that if you asked five of the closest people that you know, that they'll be like, Dominic is curious. Dom is a fucking hard worker. Dom is very disciplined, right? Whatever it is, whatever those traits that make you who you are right now, write that stuff down. But a lot of these things start to change or they start to adapt as you get older, right? And it's not that you're gonna be less curious, but you might use that curiosity and then start to implement strategies to build something around it, right? So I think as humans, we're all ever changing. We're all gonna change in, 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 in through different experiences. But having an understanding of like what you, who you are, what you're about and what you wanna do in this world, whether it's a positive or a negative thing, it's really powerful to understand that. And as life happens, things are gonna change, but at least you can stay true to your values, right? And that's something that for most humans, if you wanna do good in this world, that's probably gonna stay with you, right? No matter the struggles or failures that you go through in life or the successes or failures that you go through, um, I think it's something that very few people actually have the understanding. And it's something that you need to work on because you're changing all the time. And it's, I think the more and more that I've been able to educate and learn from other people, dude, I've realized that it's actually the only thing that's worth fighting for, right? And even if I think about stoicism, right? A big part of stoicism is having value and virtue. And in that, they don't really pride materialistic items or status or all these other things that most people put on a pedestal. Having actual morals is something that every human should strive for and figure out what that is for you. And it's going to be different for every human. So we, I said we were talking about stoicism, so I think we have to. You said you, you start out your day reading some, some stoicism sometimes, stuff like meditations by Marcus Aurelius and, and, su- and stuff like that. Can you talk about the impact that reading that stuff has had? And also, I'm sure some of our listeners don't know what stoicism is, so give people an introduction to what it is, how it's affected you, and maybe some lessons you've learned from reading it and diving deep into it. Amazing. Um, stoicism is 
it's this ability to endure and overcome adversity in a very calming way, right? So many people, like we talked about, get frazzled or get frustrated when things that are out of their control happen to them, right? And a lot of what stoicism is about is about controlling your emotions and understanding that life happens, shit's gonna happen, but you can always control how you respond and how you react to those things. And I think the reason I even got into it was I had a friend just recommend me reading the book. And I was like, hmm, The Daily Stoic. And I was like, oh, I, I've heard of Ryan Holiday. You know, he's an Austin guy, but I've heard of him. He's written some, he's written some really good books. But um, the thought of even reading one page a day, right, Dom? Like we talked about 1%, right? So many people say that they don't have time to read, that they don't have time to work out, that they don't have time for these things. This is just another form of self-love. Reading one page a day, something of less than 200 words, is something that every human has the time to do. You know why I know that? Because we all scroll through Instagram and TikTok and YouTube for 45 to two hours a day, right? So we all have time for things. It's just about, is it important enough for you to do it? And when I started to read the book, I read it all last year. 2021 was the first year I read the whole book. And I just read one page a day. And even the, the, the consistency of reading it one, one, one time a day, dude, it was uh, once again, practicing what I'm preaching, right? Even though some of the pages might hit me more than others, right? There's some pages in that book that are like, oh shit, like this is a powerful meditation. This is a powerful thought, or this is really impacting me based on the season of life that I'm in, right? If I'm going through a business struggle or if I'm going through a personal relationship struggle, whatever it is, it almost calms me down to make me realize of what's really important in life, right? And it's really similar to what we talked about in this conversation. And once you understand that like all the external factors of the world don't really matter, and the only thing that matters is internally, it gets super easy to put this stuff into practice. A lot of what stoicism is about is actually mastering the mind and understanding you as a human and not allowing the materialistic items and the external factors, fame and money and all the things that people say that they actually want to chase. In stoicism, a lot of that shit is meaningless. It's, it's just indifferent, right? Like, yes, Marcus Aurelius was actually, he was, he was famous. Right, he was an emperor. Right, like I'll, I'll, there, it's not that it's good or bad; it's just indifferent. But so many people, they put them put they put those things on a pedestal. They put having money on a pedestal. They put having fame on a pedestal. Where in reality, if you actually understand that, it's really just irrelevant. And if you aren't whole as a human, as a person, that all of those things are just a mask of who you actually are. So people will understand this from you talking about your daily routine to some things you're involved with. You are very intentional with where you spend your time. Uh, and I just looked this up. I wanted to make sure I had this stat right because it's honestly hard to believe. An average teen spends around seven hours and 22 minutes daily on their mobile devices. Uh, and, and you were talking about people have these, they come up with these excuses. Oh, I don't have time to read a page a day. And it's like, well, you spend seven hours on your phone. Uh, and I think we need to shift our language from... I don't, and this is actually something I've tried working on this year because I always used to say, I don't have time. Instead saying, uh, I'm not going to make time or I'm not willing to make time for that thing. Can you talk about shaping, being intentional with where you put your time and maybe some advice to our listeners because I think it's something that 
everyone struggles with is where they spend their time. They want to put it in more meaningful spots, but then they get back caught up in the dopamine trap of Instagram. Like, can you talk about being intentional with where you spend your time and maybe some advice for our listeners of crafting your day? Obviously, if you're in high school, you have school, you might have practice, but you still have a bunch of free hours a day. So talk about crafting your time intentionally. Yeah, I think I, I think this is a lot has a lot to do with like interests and hobbies as well. It's so much easier to make time for the things you enjoy, right? So I think that's a great starting point for someone young right now. Like you should try a lot of new things, try different activities, try different sports, try to hang out with different friend groups. Like being intentional with your time has to come from a place of understanding who you are, right? If you, if right now you're not spending and you're not taking the time for your personal health or you're, you're not being intentional with your, your, uh, your wellness, that just means that it's not a high priority for you at the moment, right? So I think it starts with one, having an understanding of what, who you're, what, what are you about? Like, what do you like to do? Start there so that you can then build the routines and the strategies behind it because it's so much easier to enjoy football when you're a part of a team and you're doing workouts with the guys and your friends are involved in it, right? But if, the, if you don't have those things in place, then football might not be the best source, right? So then maybe it's spending time to be creative and writing and drawing and making music or whatever it might be. I think for most people, when you're young, you have so much abundance of time, right? Spending a little bit less time playing Call of Duty or playing games is probably a good strategy to maybe allocate that into something else that's that's gonna benefit you in other ways. And I'm not gonna talk shit about esports and gaming because <laughs> it's such a real thing now. For someone listening to this, that actually might be the thing. Right. Being intentional with your esports, being intentional with now, if you are playing a ton of esports and you are gaming, it's how do you actually turn this into something? So then you're thinking about, oh, do I get on Twitch? Do I start streaming what I'm doing? Right. That's being intentional. Sometimes the intention is just focusing on what you're doing and what you're interested in and trying to find a way to turn that into a business or turning that into an actual um, legitimate hobby. Right. Sometimes the things that we're most interested in are the best things to turn into businesses or turn into um, your entrepreneur journey, right? Because it's so much easier to stay disciplined in something that you care about versus a job that someone's forcing you to get. So I think in terms of intention, man, when you're this young, when you're at that age, one, be curious, try new things, test new things out. And then once you find some things that you really do enjoy, it's getting a little bit more intentional with how you strategize how you plan how you actually implement these things into your life because it's so easy when you're at your guys's age to just like oh i'm gonna be a fan of this now and then two days later i'm into something else and then all x y and z because you know you have so much stuff getting thrown at you and there's not necessarily a pressure of like picking and choosing one thing right but i think once you start to realize like all right it's esports or it's football or it's podcasting or it's entrepreneurship it's then starting to put things into practice. I'm a firm believer that most humans learn best by doing, not by thinking, not by reading, not by listening. Those are just the things that plant the seed. But at some point as humans, you need to take action. And in that action, you will start to find the intentionality of who you are and what you want to do and how you want to spend that time. So Matt, you seem like a sponge. You seem like you surround yourself with positive influences and 
you seem like you're constantly reading intellectual books and uh, listening to podcasts and really trying to soak up as much information as possible for your own personal betterment. Can you talk about why it's important to learn from others through books and different resources like that? And also, additionally, maybe more of a, a tough part to that question. You've, you've talked about reading a bunch of amazing books. If you had to recommend three books to our listeners today, what would they be? I love that. Um, this is what I'll start with. I haven't always been this way. And I think this is really good for someone to listen to this. Like, you can change. You have the power to change your mindset. You have the power to change your framework, your body, physically, mentally, emotionally. Like, as humans, we are very malleable. We can change. That means that like, you can form new waves and you can, you can change how you perceive certain things. So I used to cheat on everything in college and high school. Like, when I told my mom that, she was just like, I couldn't believe it, right? And it's one of those things where I just wasn't stimulated with what I was learning. And it wasn't until I started to peel back the onion and realize like, hold on, it's just the fact that I was lazy because I, I didn't care about what I was learning at the time. Ecom, like I didn't care about economics at the time when I was learning it until I realized like, oh shit, it does impact my business, right? So I think one, I'll start there by saying that I haven't always been this way, but it should give you motivation because in the past three to four years, when I've really started to rewire my mindset, listening to books, listening to podcasts, this is a great way to download new software. Our minds, our brains are software. What you feed it will be what you become. It will manifest who you are. If you only watch freaking reality television and, and sports and drama and all that stuff, that is only, that's feeding into your software. If you start to download entrepreneurship, finance, mindset, um, all of those things that will start to rewire your mind. Now, some people, it takes longer than others. It's not like the matrix where I just get loaded and I'm able to learn jujitsu in 30 seconds, right? It takes time. It takes effort. And for some, you're able to learn much faster than others, but some people might struggle to read a book. They might struggle to listen to a pod, right? So everyone's going to have a different starting point, but as long as you're in this mindset of, Hey, I can change, I can adapt. I'm just gonna, it's gonna take some time of rewiring. And if you go through that process, I promise you on the other side, you will become a better human from it. Now to answer your second question in terms of some books that have really impacted me, I think that there's so many, it's hard to really just pick three, but what I will pick are the first one, it's called Limitless by Jim Quick. And Jim Quick is a mindset coach, he's a brain coach. He helps people read, learn and memorize things faster, longer, and for a, a, a bigger duration. And a lot of his book has to talk about that, how to learn better, how to be a better teacher and learner, how to absorb information and how to read faster and all these things. And it kind of opens up your mind about, you know, the potential that you have. Every human is limitless. The thing is, most people don't actually believe that, right? So I think that is one that it really rewired my own brain in that sense. Um, another one is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Great book. And this is very, it's a great one. And, and even Dom's facial expression when I said that book, <laughs> it just shows you how impactful it is. Um, another book more on, along the lines of like a physical limitation, pushing the physical comfort, right? Most people don't get out of their comfort zone, whether it's a physical thing, whether it's staying locally in their, their um, environment because that's what they've known. Um, but anytime you're out of your element, Anytime you step out of your comfort, it's a really, really fast way to grow. And that's why physical stuff are always, it's, it's the quickest way to get a result. 
you go to a gym, you work out really hard for 60 minutes, you feel a good, you feel a sensation afterwards, right? All the endorphins are going through your mind, like your body just really exerted itself. So it feels proud. It feels like it's been exerted, right? Um, and those are all good things. And that's why having physical movement in your day to day is always a good strategy. You don't have to go run 100 miles, but moving your body is always smart. Um, the third book, I would say was Crushing It by Gary Vee. And a lot of that book, if you're a marketer, if you're an entrepreneur, or you want to build a personal brand, it's something that I highly recommend because it just talks about maximizing the digital platforms that are right in front of us that we use every day. So many of us are on Instagram or on TikTok or on YouTube. We consume so much content. To your point, Dom, seven hours, right? We consume all of it. Very few of us create content to go into the ecosystem. And I think that is the biggest lesson I learned from that book. It's maximizing the platforms and understanding that we all have privilege to be able to use these platforms. Most countries don't have access to TikTok or Instagram, right? But yet we sit here in America every single day. Most of us just consume content. We very few of us create it. So those would be the three books that I highly recommend. They're kind of different playing fields. There's so many good books out there, man. I think knowledge is a powerful thing, but also utilizing the knowledge is actually the secret sauce. It's so it's so easy to be in this mode of consuming content, reading, listening, but after you do that, you have to do something with it. And I think that's the punchline. And if, if, I, if, if I leave you with nothing, is even if you are a lifelong learner, that's great, but you need to put that stuff into practice. It's easy to read about a 100 mile book. It's, I mean, a 100 mile race it's hard to actually go do that. It's easy to talk about or hear someone talk about building a business. It's hard to build a business. So at some point after you've consumed the knowledge and you've consumed the information, you need to then go do. So many people get lost in the space of just consuming. Oh my God, I'm listening to Gary Vee. I'm listening to Jesse Isler. I'm listening to Nick Bear. I'm listening to all these guys. At some point you need to go do the damn thing. Oh, I love that. Well, Matt, I'll say this. Um... I told you before the episode I wasn't going to write any questions and just let this thing flow out. This has been, honestly, man, like my favorite podcast I've ever done. I've had on Olympians. I've had on American record holders. I've had on people who have broken 13 minutes in the 5K, which is like 410 pace. I've had on Brad Stahlberg, who's a New York Times bestselling author. I mean, what all the wisdom you shared, man, it's, it's truly impactful, inspiring. And for me, I always want to make this podcast inspirational and impactful and utilize people with this the the knowledge in the tools and the in the i don't know passion to go chase after their goals and you encapsulate all of that so i really appreciate you doing this i could literally talk to you for hours we didn't even get into your running we didn't even really get into your business content creation we definitely didn't really get into your football or, or cheating on tests or stopping in 400 meter <laughs> races but, but this podcast was awesome. Uh, we're going to have to run it back and actually talk about some of those things. But uh, I think we nailed today. And I will leave you with one question. The question I ask every single guest. So I guess this podcast is somewhat normal in that sense. This might be the most important question you're ever asked. I'll just preface that by saying that. Um, the question is, if you had Gordon Ramsay coming over for dinner, what would you choose to make for him? What would I choose to make for him? Yeah. Damn, this is actually a freaking excellent question. Um, I would actually make Gordon Ramsay a Korean dish because it would be different and I wouldn't be able to impress him with my steak abilities because I'm not the best 
um, uh, chef in the kitchen, and I said, I, I can hold my own, um, but I would make him this. It's one of my favorite Korean dishes. Um, there's two parts of it. The first one is called hemopajan, which is a Korean seafood pancake. And it's a little bit different than our, what you could probably think of as a pancake, like super fluffy and buttery and kind of like, it's kind of sweeter. It's kind of more savory. So it has seafood in it, octopus, onions, and squid and things like that. But the batter, it's like a crispy batter that you dip into like soy sauce. And it's a super, super good appetizer. Now with that, with the main dish, I would make a, um, it's called sundubu jjigae, which is a tofu bean paste soup. And it's super, super like savory, especially in the winter time. Um, you have like a bowl of rice and you just mix in with the freaking, uh, uh, what's it called? Jjigae, which is like the soup with the freaking pancake. And it's a kind of like a good palate mix. Um, but it would be something that I would feel somewhat confident to make because it's just like one, it's a Korean dish. And two, I'm sure Gordon Ramsay wouldn't eat that all the time. Helps so, you stand out. Exactly, dude. I got I to gotta show some culture. So right. that's what I would make. Oh, I love it. One final question, I guess. Where can people find you? Where do you want people to follow you and, you know, take along on your incredible life and journey? Um, yeah, amazing. I appreciate that. Um, you guys can follow me on Instagram and on TikTok, Matt Choi 6 And I'm on YouTube as well, just Matt Choi. Um, I'm on all the platforms and I just really try to value um, diversifying myself because I don't know where someone might find me. So um, you can kind of find me anywhere. I mean, I'm, I'm on all the platforms and I try to post as much as I can. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Again, I'm going to have to get you back on the podcast, but I guess one final question. You've shared so much information today, so much incredibly valuable information. You have this incredible passion about you that I've seen in very, very few people. When is your book coming out? Wow, dude, that is a, f have you thought about it at least? I'm, I'm beyond humbled that you even said that. And you know what the funny thing is, Dom, is that I have thought about it and I have um, no idea or goal of when it will come out, but I know that there will be a book at some point. Um, I'm a firm believer in terms of delayed gratification, in terms of patience. When the right timing hits, I know for a fact that will happen. I just don't know when. And I think even the fact that you asked that, I love how this is my answer for it. It's just that there's, it will happen at some point. I just don't know when. There's not a goal. It's just when the when the timing is right. When I feel like it's a, a, a I've had enough experiences to kind of put it all into paper. Um, I 100% will. This year, I actually got asked to write a book about ultra running for beginners, and I ended up not getting the opportunity just because I haven't been a polished writer. But after I didn't get the opportunity, I really told myself, I'm like, it's okay, because when I make my book, it's going to be about my whole journey, not just about ultra running. And I think I like that more. And to give you a hint, I think it's going to be called plant the seed. And I think just because of my journey of downloading new software, learning from so many people, but then going to put it into practice and making it my own, that's been the journey. And I think plant the seed is something that it means something for me. But I don't know, dude. We'll see. When I, when it does come out, we're going to have another pod and we'll have to chat about it. Let's go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is Matt Choi. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And uh, yeah, just remarkable. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me, bro. Pleasure. Today's podcast is brought to you by Exact Health. 
Exact Health is a sports physical therapy app for the most common running injuries. The app simplifies access to professional and customized physical therapy without long waiting times and costs. Exact Health offers individualized plans that automatically adapt to your feedback, which is truly incredible. Over 15,000 runners have already healed their running injuries like Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, and so many other injuries with the Exact Health app. The plans on Exact Health are designed by world-class physical therapists with the intent in mind of helping you guys to get back on the ground running. And also, if you aren't uh, injured currently, they also have a state-of-the-art prevention plan for runners that really introduces you into strength and mobility, um, helps you to adopt good movement patterns, and is really a baseline for amazing strength training that will keep you strong and healthy and hopefully avoid these injuries. As of recording this, I've actually been dealing with some shin pain and I downloaded the Exact Health app and that has definitely helped with the pain and helped me understand the pain a little bit more and some of the exercises I can do to strengthen that area so that it will go away eventually. I highly recommend you all give out this app a try. It's truly incredible, a very easy to use platform and has some amazing resources for both you when you're injured, but also, as I just mentioned, to um, adopt good movement patterns and just stay strong in general. So you guys can visit the link in the show notes of any episode for a quick link to download the app or just go to your app store and search exact health spelled e-x-a-k-t health in your app store and download the app today to try it out and hopefully feel better Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Running Effect. If you enjoyed it as much as I did, you can like, subscribe, share the show with a friend or two, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and even share it on social media if you enjoyed it that much. That way we can hopefully reach new listeners and inspire them in the process. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Exact Health and Gooder, two incredible brands. I highly suggest scrolling down in the show notes and checking both of them out. Until next episode, guys, I hope your training and running is going well, and I will catch you all then.